Hey, business owners, need help taking payments online? Well, there's a whole world of transactions powered by Elevon. Whether it's through payment accepting, customer connecting, real-time reporting, round-the-clock supporting, fraud detecting or business protecting. <gasps> Elevon supports all payments for your business. To get started, visit elevon.ie. Elevon, your world of payments. Elevon Financial Services DAC trading as Elevon Merchant Services is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. The Big Tech Show brought to you by Elevon. Elevon makes payment taking simple, freeing you up to focus on your business. You take on the world, they'll take care of the payments. See elevon.ie for more. This is an Irish independent podcast. Hello and you're welcome to The Big Tech Show with me, Adrian Weckler, in association with Square. Square helps you look after your business needs from payments to menu management and online ordering. Visit square.com for more. Now, last week we debated whether artificial intelligence could be dangerous and whether it should be paused for six months. We got quite a lot of listener feedback to that with some alternative views to the ones that we, or I rather, was expressing. Ashling Mackey, a listener, summed up a few of them with this comment. The thing about, say, neural networks, it's so different to structured programming, where structured programming is the traditional programming, where it's all based on if X equals 10, then do this, while Y equals on, you know, keep doing this other task. So it's very deterministic. It's very much, you know, kind of what's happening within the programs. And even in that situation, we'll still miss edge cases. We always do. But with neural networks, you don't know what's going on within the programs. The nature of the beast is really different. So you don't, you can't predict the outcomes. You can't predict the outcomes. What do you make of that? I think it's a very fair point. And I think Ashling is 100% correct. And I stand by my views 100% all the same. If any of the rest of you have uh, other views on this, please do let us know. We will uh, feed them back. Now, when we think of artificial intelligence, really the one that most people are talking about is ChatGPT. But how many of us have actually tried using ChatGPT in our everyday lives? How many listeners have done so? If so, how have you tried to do it? If you haven't, today we're going to give you specific examples of what you can use it for, in what situations and where it's handiest. Tabitha Monaghan, other than playing around with it, which I know you have, have you really used it for anything in your everyday life? Not yet, because I think I'm still questioning whether we should be doing it or not. You know, whether, okay, especially so within our job, do I want ChatGPT to be influencing the stuff that I'm writing or producing or whatever? So it is still very much in the experimental phase for me. I don't yeah. know, what, what about you? I'm definitely using it at the moment, and I'm going to reference that in a couple of the examples that we talk about. It's actually quite handy in the job that I do because I don't just write, but I also edit and then I have to frame stuff and I have to come up with proposals. And we'll talk about how it's good as a structure to give you ideas and inspiration. In fact, sometimes you put so much effort into the prompts that you end up writing the thing before ChatGPT gets uh, back to you. But just before we start, I'm going to a word here for the absolute beginners to ChatGPT in how you literally set it up 
uh, and go about it. So you have to go to chat.openai.com. You can Google this. It will come up with the website. You have to create a free account. That free account may not always give you service at the time when it's busiest. In other words, when the Americans come online and decide to, to use it, in which case you'll need to open what's called a plus account. And that'll cost you $20, which is about 18 euro. So it'll, it'll be slow. It will be slow and sometimes it won't let you use it if everybody's trying to use it. I did find that last time. night. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. The other thing is you should know is you should know the limitations to the service, which we will go into in detail a little bit later on. But once that is done, you will see a prompt box like in Google, a little uh, rectangular box that you type into at the bottom. And that's where you enter a command, a question, a challenge or whatever else you want to do uh, in that text box. Uh, you'll get a response and then afterwards you can uh, ask for a variation of that. A couple of things to bear in mind. The more information and the more detail you give it, uh, the better. Also, this is not a search engine. It will not reach into the web to, to look for stuff. This is what they call a large language model. It's a giant, giant, giant bucket of data that they have kind of sequestered off. And it's reaching into that and trying to find patterns within that information. So it's not going to Google. It's not going to the independent.ie um, you know, for your answers. So, so you, you need to know, know that. that beyond 2021, it really won't know any current events. That's right. Unless you feed into it yourself uh, specific information. And that is a skill in itself is yeah. creating the correct prompts to get the response that yes. you want or a, or a decent response. Yeah, absolutely. Now, onto the examples, because I think that's why most people uh, have tuned in to this. So the first one we've picked is one that I find incredibly useful in a number of ways, and that is to summarize large amounts of text. Have you tried doing this? Not yet. Okay, so there are a couple of ways that I found it very, very useful. The first one is to make a readable summary of a very large document. So let's say you've been given a report, a summary, an annual report, something like that. And what we all do is we usually go to um, the executive summary and we read the, the five paragraphs. But there's usually a lot more that you should read. So if you literally copy and paste that text and put it into the prompt and say, give me 10 takeaways from this or 10 points or give me a 300 word summary of this entire document and um, it will do that. Now, when I say put it in as a prompt, this is the language I'm talking about. Use this exact language. Summarize this text in 10 points and then paste the copy text in. When you get that back, you can, if you want it to be simpler English, for example, you can say now limit the individual points to eight words each if you want simple English. You really have to hold its hand. You have to hold its hand. And remember, it will remember what you have asked it to do before. So you don't have to type out the entire prompt again with all of the variations. You can say things like, you know, now prioritize the points that deal with money or profitability, and it will do that. So it, it really is tailoring it as a tool to you as a user. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Now, the second one, and this is where it gets more into the alchemy where it becomes really impressive. You can ask it to make a summary or a report out of a bunch of bullet points or a company list, either that you feed into it or something you found. So that could be very, very useful. For example, if you have, say, a profit and loss data sheet, this would typically be at work, and you want to create a summary of a very large set of accounts, it will do that. It will also make very, very interesting um, summary articles out of lists you find online. So I went, for example, to 
uh, Wikipedia and I asked it for the list of the richest people in Ireland, it gives me a list of the richest people in Ireland. It gives me the name, um, uh, uh, what they're worth and one or two other bits of information in a list. I literally copy and paste it. I literally put it into ChatGPT and it comes back to me with a really competent, um, fleshed out article summary of who they are and what they do as well and what their background and history is. Don't forget, it's using its own information database. Uh, up until 2021. Up until 2021, in which there will have been a lot of mention uh, of those people. That is a really, really useful. And the third um, uh, the third way of, of summarizing, I think, which is really also useful, is to critically analyze your own work. Let's say you mm. yourself have written a presentation a big document, something you want to share with people. It could be socially, it could be professionally. Um, you can feed all that into, ch in, into ChatGPT and you can ask it to critically assess that work in any way. You can say, um, you know, something like, um, I wanted this text to particularly emphasize, uh, for example, productivity or um, or, or anything else. Does it succeed in doing this? It will give you a response. And then you can ask it to improve the text. You can say, if I wanted to emphasize X and Y, what should I add to this text to do it? Now, I've done this with a few things and it will come back and it'll tell me you need on this subject more examples. Okay. That's quite useful. Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of thing that an editor would normally tell you. So I'm assuming the people who are listening to this are not journalists and not editors. Um, and that's a very, very useful way that ChatGPT can help you improve or summarize or speed up stuff that you're preparing anyway. Is there a word limit to the text that you can enter to summarize? There is, but I haven't actually, the examples that I've picked, I haven't actually broken it okay. yet. So I've, I've inputted two, three thousand words. Okay. Um, uh, pieces of text uh, into it. So that's a good example of how people might use it for work. Yep. But let's say outside of work, a good one that we have been testing out, have been using is to explain a difficult concept. Mm -hmm. So something that I tried myself was explaining the offside rule as if I was five years old. For now, uh, because... Did you understand the... it afterwards? Yeah, I do now. Okay. Yeah. Um, but what I had it? to get... Uh... <laughs> Adrian, <laughs> <laughs> I am not going to indulge in that. Um, but explaining what the Good Friday Agreement is, for mm. example, because of the week that's in it. What I'm going to do here is I'm going to explain to me what the Good Friday Agreement is in 100 words. Yeah. Five is a pretty low age, I'll say. Yeah, but I if you really... if you, 12. Okay. But if you're wanting to just understand it really quick, so this is what it's given me. The Good Friday Agreement is like a promise that people in Northern Ireland made to each other to be kind and peaceful. They said they would stop fighting and hurting each other and work together to be friends. It's like when you make a promise to your friend that you won't be mean and you'll share your toys. It's a really important promise that has helped people in Northern Ireland to have a better life and live in peace. Now, probably you're right. Five years old is probably a little bit too yeah, young. It's a little bit basic, but I see I, the point is that you're making is that it will tailor the language, the tone, the complexity of the topics and the issues uh, to what it understands the pattern of a normal five-year-old's comprehension will exactly. be. And it will do the same if you're eight years old, 12 years old, 21 years old. It's interesting when you go the other end of the spectrum. I've tried a few, like I'm 95 years old. Oh, okay. And it can be a little bit patronizing. Oh. It can, it, 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 uh, 
uses frames like um, reassuring and comfortable and not complicated and things like that all the time. But that's the, they're the patterns that it is picking up in the data set it has. So it's a very good uh, way of doing it. In yeah. science as well, you can do things like explain a supernova to me like I'm 10 years of age. So that's a very good one, explaining a difficult con concept. Another one I think is interesting is helping you to generate ideas. So um, this is of a, a lot of help to writers. It's a huge help actually in the marketing uh, business, but also for small businesses. So it's very, very good at coming up with both marketing and creative copy, things like headlines and slogans. So if you put in something like suggest 10 advertising slogans for my coffee company um, that would that are witty and suitable for uh, somebody between the age of 21 and 35, um, it will come back to you with 10 pretty good in my experience, um, advertising slogans, then you can say, now limit the slogan to six words if you want something snappy. Um, then you can say, now, uh, you know, now limit it to a style that will be appropriate to TikTok. And, and the possibilities are absolutely um, endless there. You can also ask it to adjust for tone and style uh, and everything else. So it's very, very good for helping to generate ideas. The only thing is for writers, and I tried this myself, I was tinkering around with plots and plays and things like that. You spend so much time and effort actually crafting the prompt yeah. that you end up kind of writing your own narrative or dialogue anyway yourself. Yeah. So, But that's in itself is actually quite a help. It's like a, a little exercise. Okay, let's go on to emails. Emails. Yes. This is something that I think ChatGPT is really good for is giving you a starting point for something that you really don't want to do. I think when you sit down to write a difficult email, whether it's a complaint to HR or if it's an email that you've just been dreading to write, but you know you have to write, it's a great way of starting off. You know, when you're sitting there and it's a blank mm. Word document or whatever you're using and it's just getting that first sentence on the page can be yeah, really difficult. Yeah, you could difficult. be under pressure. You're under be... pressure. You're, you're a bit wound up over it in general if mm. it's a complaint to HR, for example. You can stick that into ChatGPT and it will give you a really good example of where you can go with it. And you know that phrase, it's better to be a critic or it's easier to be a critic. Mm. That's exactly what you're going to do with this. Mm -hmm. you, it will serve you an answer and you're going to say, well, I don't like that, but actually I like this bit. And then you're, the ball rolls and it's brilliant. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I tried one or two examples of those and I was quite impressed with what, what it uh, came back with. You can also adjust it to be a more casual style or a more formal style, to be a more challenging style an angrier style, a more sorrowful style. If, you're, more... if you struggle to be assertive, you yes. can tell it to be assertive mm -hmm. and it'll tell you this is how it's meant to be. It's yeah, great. It's really, it's so useful for people who struggle with that. Okay. Um, another work-related one is a cover letter and a CV. Again, a resume is the American Really difficult when you're trying to sell yourself. It's, oh, it's a, is there anything worse than having to write a cover letter? Mm -hmm. I think your CV is... I, I don't know if I'd use it for a CV. You can kind of come up with your own bullet points. But a cover letter, you really have to sell yourself. Mm. So I think that's a difficult one. Again, remembering that it's the prompt that you're using that is key here. It's that I want to say 
this, I have this skill, I have this many years experience. You really have to feed it the information, but it will give you back a really decent example of a cover letter. And again, it's a starting point. Mm. It's really interesting as well to see how ChatGPT embellishes your own experience and your own skills and sells it up. Because we all do that for our CVs anyway and our cover letters. We are the greatest thing in productivity since productivity was invented. And the eloquent way sometimes that ChatGPT does that is quite interesting. Um, outside of work, recipes. I love this one. Mm. There is supermarkets who do this and it's not the most fantastic system where basically you go into the fridge and you're thinking, is there anything I could make for dinner with the stuff that I already have? I don't want to go to the shop. Is there something that I can use? You can key into chat, G chat GPT exactly what you have and it will give you a recipe. Now, caveat, if you have a shocking list of ingredients, it's going to recommend that you don't use it. Like I think we tried with yes. a block of Parmesan. Well, I, I'll give you a specific stuff. example. So yeah. last night um, we were all messing around on the group WhatsApp in terms of uh, comparing fridges and recipes. <laughs> and I it, took a quick look in my fridge and this is what I wrote into it. I said, write me a recipe that includes the following ingredients. Sliced cheddar cheese, tomatoes, pesto, smoked diced ham, pasta sheets and mushrooms. It immediately came back to me with the following. Here's a recipe for a delicious pasta dish using the ingredients you mentioned. We call it cheesy pesto pasta with smoked ham and mushrooms. And it gave me bullet points for the ingredients and how much I should use. It then gave me a nine point instruction from preheating the oven to 375 degrees to the final point, which is removed from the oven and let cool for a few minutes. Um, and it looked pretty good. I didn't cook it because it was 11 o'clock at night. And to your second point, one of the uh, correspondents, uh, our sound engineer, Gavin Hennessy, came back and said, try this one. I've just had a look in my fridge. Half a block of Parmesan, half a cup of curry sauce, some oat milk and a can of Coke. And it came back and said, we're sorry, we can't recommend any recipes um, with that. I'd say there is a recipe to be done there, Gav. But um, unfortunately, I wouldn't uh, say it would be edible on the other side. Yeah, it was beyond chat GPT. <laughs> now, uh, another one uh, which is potentially useful and alternative to services out there, translations. Oh, yeah. So you can get this to translate an awful lot of stuff and in a different way to common services like um, Google Translate. What, what chat GPT really brings to the game here is flexibility, the ability to do things um, uh, at scale, a lot of different things at the same time, and then give you phonetics. So an example I used was I typed in a paragraph and I said, translate this set of safety guidelines into French, Spanish, Russian and Mandarin. And it immediately came back to me with uh, four different paragraphs in those four languages. Just to see, I had a follow on prompt uh, which where I, I told it to show me how to pronounce each version phonetically as an English speaker. And it did so. I mean, I, I speak French fairly well. The, the French was absolutely spot on. I've no idea whether the Mandarin uh, was well, correct or not. It. The only thing I would say about the limitations of using this in translation is that I would use Google Translate, for example, when I'm abroad. And if you are standing in that French bakery mm. and you want to order your chocolate croissant and a coffee 
and you have no idea. If I keyed that into ChatGPT and asked it for it phonetically, you're going to take a few minutes to try and figure out what that would sound like. Whereas with Google, you can just hit a button and it'll play it out to you as if where, it sounds. Where, where's the fun in that? You're in a French bakery. Still, I think it'll be more useful again when mm -hmm. ChatGPT is able to maybe speak it to us yeah. and help us sound it. I mean, I, where's the fun in that? There is no fun in panicking when, when yeah. you're in the middle of a shop and you need a different language. Yeah. But if you're using larger text, if you need to translate larger text in work, there might be safety regulations or whatever you need. You can get it like you did in four different languages. And it's pretty good. So let's hope, in other words, that OpenAI don't pause their development for six months uh, uh, in, in case we, we don't get that feature. Now, um, there's a couple of things we talked about. We we said that you need to uh, know the limitations uh, of ChatGPT, and we mentioned a few of them. Uh, 2021 is the the general cutoff point for its information. Um, it won't generally go into the internet to look for things. There's another thing, though. It actually gets a fair amount of factual data wrong. Okay. okay. Now, I have found that with some of the examples uh, I have uh, put into it. For example, I've asked it to, to write me a biography of well-known people, okay? And factually, it has come back with incorrect uh, details. I've asked it to write me a biography of not very well-known people. So I asked it, write me a 200-word biography of the journalist Adrian Weckler. And it got about half the details wrong. Okay. Now, that was kind of worrying. So it's caveat emptor uh, big time uh, there. It does say that at the beginning when you open up ChatGPT, limitations may occasionally generate mm. incorrect information. But I think the examples that we've given, if you're giving it the information that you want used, you're, you're golden. Um, we haven't really had time and it wasn't our purpose here to get into things like computer coding, in which, which is arguably ChatGPT's most productive uh, single use, if you talk to anyone in the uh, developer community. It's very, very uh, good at that. But um, in uh, like in summary, this is actually a really, really useful tool. Yeah. And I would urge anyone who hasn't uh, tinkered around with it yet, go into it uh, and um, play around. And think about where it would fit into yeah. your work. Use some of the examples that we have given you, chat.openai. Dot com. Create your free account and uh, mess around with it. And hopefully um, in a couple of months time, you will have some fantastic new stuff to uh, uh, to share with us all. If you have any feedback on this episode, if you have any examples yourself, if you've had any issue with anything uh, that we've said, please do uh, let us know. But from Tabitha Monaghan, who was with me here today and produced this episode, uh, to from Gavin Hennessy with the dodgy fridge on sound, <laughs> Conan Doherty on video, and myself, Adrian Weckler. This has been The Big Tech Show uh, in association with Square, and we'll talk to you the same time next week. Bye-bye. Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel.